Hello, and welcome to Bruce World, where I'll be your life guide. If you haven't guessed it, I'm Bruce, Bruce Handler. And with each episode, I plan to discuss a thought-provoking topic and, of course, share my point of view. To talk about humans and the interesting things we do, maybe teach you a thing or two, share some facts that are really true, and make you laugh at least once before I'm through. Hello, and welcome to episode 28 of my podcast entitled, Cheating, Infidelity, and Is Monogamy Possible? If I just call this podcast cheating, I'm sure that most people would know what I was going to be talking about without even mentioning infidelity, because we so strongly associate the word cheating with infidelity. In fact, when you Google cheating, you'll find endless articles that appear around having affairs of the heart and body. And go ahead and ask people who you know, what's the first thing that comes to their mind when they hear the word cheating? And I'll bet at least 80% will say it refers to cheating on a spouse or partner. Now, before I get into this topic, I do want to mention I've already started working on my next podcast, which ties directly into this one. And I think it's one of the most important topics of our time. It's called Lying is the New Truth, and that ain't no lie. Now, back to cheating or infidelity or having affairs, which are all basically one and the same thing. So what really stood out in researching this topic is that I discovered it never ends being a hot topic. I mean, year after year, so many articles are written and talks given and YouTube videos made, and there's a number of mentions in the news and various surveys are administered on the topic of cheating. There's also endless conversations and questions on this topic found on discussion forums like Reddit and Quora and other sites like them. And it's also hard to find anybody who doesn't know at least one person who's cheated. Also, to be transparent, yes, I've been cheated on twice in my life. It was by the same person. And I should point out that when a person cheats once, they become three times more likely to cheat again. (laughs) If I only knew then what I know now. Now, this is also a popular topic given the times we live in where there's endless regular dating sites that make it so easy to find other people to cheat with without ever leaving the comfort of your own home. Then there are specific sites like Ashley Madison, which is specifically designed to bring cheaters together and has an estimated, are you sitting down (laughs) or lying down, 70 million members worldwide and growing, and about half of those are in the U.S., Now, given there are only 250 million adults in the entire U.S., that's a lot of potential cheaters, and that's only one cheating site. Now, let's get further into the numbers, and there's a lot of numbers that I want to share, but I think they're really important to put this topic into perspective. But I do have to share two qualifiers before I get into the numbers and say that, one, it is hard to be certain what numbers are truly accurate because they depend to some extent on what people are willing to admit to. In other words, what they're willing to self-report. There's also challenges because of how people choose to define cheating. 
Now, when people are asked about it, you can easily end up with 10 or more definitions, including just having lunch with an opposite-sex coworker. In fact, 5% of the people in one survey considered this to be cheating. The other qualifier is that since there's very limited data on same-sex cheating, I'm focusing on opposite-sex relationships in this podcast. So let's start with a clear definition of cheating. And cheating is the act of being unfaithful to a spouse or other relationship partner or significant other. It means engaging in sexual or romantic relations with a person other than one significant other and breaking a commitment or promise in the act. So cheating involves engaging in a physical or emotional affair or both without the express consent of the person with whom you're currently involved. When it's wholly emotional, the individual still experience love and caring towards someone who's not your partner. And this entails having amorous and affectionate feelings about another person that you're attracted to, that you confide in regarding very personal and intimate matters, and that you may even fantasize about being with. You're also likely to share very personal things with each other that you don't share with your significant others. So, when it comes to cheating, what are the numbers? When it involves sexual activity, conservatively speaking, it happens about 25% of the time in marriages. Now hang on. If you add on people who are not married, but are in a monogamous, exclusive relationship, that number jumps to 40%. (laughs) But wait, there's more. And you may want to sit down for this next number. If you combine sexual activity cheating data with emotional cheating data, the overall cheating number jumps to 70%. And I'm not sure it will come as a surprise that more women are willing to have emotional affairs than men and more men willing to have sexual affairs than women. However. What's interesting is the number of men having these sexual affairs is not going up, but the percentage of sexual affairs initiated by women continues to increase year after year. Also, at any one time, 40% of men and 30% of women admit to thinking about cheating on their partners, and the numbers go much higher if the person knew they would not get caught. So even though there's a fair bit of cheating going on in reality and in one's mind, it's unusual for people to admit that cheating is likely to occur in their own relationship. In fact, only 5% of people believe that their own partner has cheated or will ever cheat at some point in their relationship. Now, this podcast may get people to think twice about their views. Depending on what study you read and when it was done, infidelity is one of the top contributing factors when it comes to divorce. It's either rated number one, two, or three. And what's also interesting is that 90% of people surveyed want to know if their spouse has cheated. However, be careful what you wish for. Because the majority of the time, when a partner admits to cheating, it leads to an end to the relationship. And a majority of people, usually out of guilt, do end up admitting to cheating to their significant other. I have just a few more stats to share to put this cheating activity into perspective. 
Ironically, it's not a young person's game. It's not something that most often occurs among young people, but for men, most infidelity occurs around 51 to 59. 31% of people in that age bracket admitted to cheating during those ages. And for women, most cheated when they were between the age of 40 and 49. Now, I think you can guess at the reasons for this, right? It's hard to keep the romance and sexual interest alive and vibrant for many years. And this is also when people start to become empty nesters and they're left with each other. And they realize how much of their relationship was dependent on being parents. This, of course, is also when the old midlife crisis occurs and many people take stock of their lives and they think about their mortality and what's missing and what they need to be happy. Okay, let me digress for a moment. And this may get you to think twice about who you choose to get into a committed relationship with. The most common cheaters fall into two professions, and these professions literally count for more than 50% of the cheaters out there. Although, once again, you'll find different studies listing different professions. However, I'm relying on data that comes from some of the most comprehensive studies that have been done on the topic, including studies that cut across countries. Also, there are other professions where you will find cheaters who have similar job situations as the top two professions mentioned. Any guesses what the top two are? The first is tradespeople, plumbers, electricians, painters, technicians, in particular when they have their own business. The second is the medical profession, doctors, nurses, and others involved in patient care. When it comes to jobs in the trades, it's mainly due to opportunity. Tradespeople often work irregular hours, so it's easy to fly under the radar because they're not due home at a specific time, and they're often away from coworkers and can have affairs during the day, and nobody would notice anything out of the ordinary. For medical professions, there was a massive survey done asking them this very question, and their top reasons are, one, they have more than an average need to feel loved and appreciated because of the work environment they have to deal with daily which mainly includes interacting with many difficult patients and many difficult loved ones. And tied in with that, what they do causes them to be under tremendous stress, almost constant stress. And having intimate relations helps reduce the stress. It helps offset the negative feelings they experience daily. Two is they often work excessive hours and have less quality time to be with their spouse And when they're with them, it's hard to deal with the added stressors of home life. And if you think about who are they going to cheat with the most often, obviously, it's their coworkers. Why? Because they're experiencing the same things and have the same needs. So when it comes to Grey's Anatomy, I have a feeling it's more realistic than one might think. And this ties into our next set of facts. If people are going to cheat, it is most common by far to have an affair with a coworker, although online affairs are catching up. Think about how much time people work together. You often spend more time and engage in more conversations with coworkers than your significant other, and you have something significant and important in common. Work. Work and the work environment that your significant other is less likely to relate to. 
And also misery loves company. And don't people love to complain about their jobs? And they look for a shoulder to cry on. Again, it's about opportunity. And speaking of opportunity, the last thing I want to mention here is travel. So we know coworkers are those we are most likely to cheat with. Now add on those who regularly engage in business travel. And the amount of cheating goes up significantly, almost double. Again, you have opportunity. You have coworkers and clients to go to meals with and have drinks with and to chat on the plane with, and you're away from your significant others. So you can easily fly, pun intended, under the radar. Lastly, let's face it, travel gets lonely, especially if you do it frequently and are gone for a long period of time, like three to four days a week or for one or two or three weeks in a row. So why do people cheat? And I'm sure it's no surprise that men and women cheat for some of the same, but also for different reasons. For men, it shouldn't shock you that by far the main reason is lack of sexual satisfaction, meaning lack of such activity and or lack of interest by their partner in spicing up such activity. Although interestingly enough, the men don't often share with their partner what they would like to try. Although it's a little more complicated than that. You see, if men aren't sexually satisfied, for instance, if their spouse declines sex often, they take that rejection to heart. And it translates to feeling unloved. In fact, men are more likely than women to cheat due to a feeling of insecurity. When it comes to women, again, no surprise that many said they cheat out of wanting an emotional connection. Now, women are often trying to fill a void because they've grown to feel that they're undesirable, underappreciated, disconnected, ignored by their significant other. And this leads to low self-esteem and then cheating, although the cheating is more often of the emotional versus sexual kind. Also, what I found interesting is that women often have an affair as part of the start of a process for them to end their current relationship. Now, when it comes to cheating, you're also likely to find certain personality traits in a person who's more likely to cheat. When it comes to men and women, they are more likely to exhibit narcissistic behaviors like arrogance, acting superior, acting conceited, self-centered, pretentious and they often lack empathy. So they don't recognize or appreciate the needs and feelings of others and the impact of their behavior. Women are more likely to engage in affairs if they have a higher than average level of neuroticism. And that entails having a tendency towards being in a ongoing negative state. So usually they experience anxiety and depression, self-doubt. They're often critical of themselves and they experience other negative feelings. So how do you know if someone might be cheating? The reality is some people can hide it so well they will never be found out unless they admit it. But more often than not, cheaters show behavior changes and you'll see patterns of new behaviors, such as suddenly being more attentive to you and acting overly nice and or being overly complimentary. They may also start being more secretive, talking or texting when they're alone and not around their significant other. They'll keep their phone with them at all times. They may also start acting aloof or distracted or preoccupied and anxious or jittery. 
there will be a sudden increase or decrease in sex and affection. They may be less likely to spend time around you and may suddenly share a need to work overtime and to have business meetings with others for dinner and drinks, as well as business trips. So given what I shared, the key thing to look for is a sudden change in behavior. Now, how can you prevent cheating from happening? This is where the rubber meets the road. This is the most important part of this podcast. So again, how can you prevent cheating from happening or at least minimize the likelihood that it will occur? And unlike me, I actually have a top 10 list. Number one, and I know it's tough, but it's the most important. You need to be able to talk about this subject openly with your significant other. Maybe after you both listen to my podcast, it could break the ice. What you want to do is make agreements. Now, ideally, you want to do this at a start of a relationship, but there's nothing that says you can't do it at any time. It's just as valuable, just as important. So cover what information is to be shared with your partner, like attraction or having a crush on others, and whether or not when you do, that's something you should be discussing or whether or not you should be telling each other when you go out to lunch or dinner or drinks with the opposite sex, or telling each other about opposite sex friends and romantic or flirty experiences. Talk about sharing passwords to phones and computers, and if you should only have conversations with the opposite sex friends with your significant other in the same room. You should talk about whether or not it's appropriate to text opposite sex friends or email them, or what's the right and appropriate form of communication that you can agree on. There should also be a conversation on what constitutes cheating because initially partners may not be on the same page. And trust me, in most relationships, your partner has secret thoughts and feelings they probably don't tell you or possibly anyone. But you need to be safe enough to your partner that you get the full skinny. So how do you do that? You encourage honesty with a lot of compassion and no judgment so that you can find out the few things about your partner that no one else knows. And to get your partner to open up, start by sharing some of your secrets. Lastly, you need to do what's so important, and that's to agree to talk about sex, sexual fantasies and desires, and how to do it in a respectful way. It's amazing that the people that we are closest to, that we live with, are those we're most afraid to have these conversations with. So before you run to somebody else in order to experience something new and exciting, why aren't you having that conversation with your significant other? Maybe they share the same fantasy, or maybe they're willing to participate in a fantasy if it's something that you want to do. Two, Revisit your expectations to make sure they're realistic, such as expecting that marriage is work, right? It's not all roses and candy and romance and sex whenever you desire it. That if you have issues, like you feel a lack of intimacy or there's a lack of sex, talk it out. Share how you feel and discover why the problem has occurred and come up with actions to address it or seek the help of a counselor or coach And even just a few sessions can be incredibly helpful. So if you find it difficult to talk about these things, this topic, look for a third person who can help make it easier for you, who's trained in this. Now, when seeking the help of others, 
the results are amazing when it comes to improving communication and honesty among couples. And those are the two ingredients that will minimize cheating more than anything else. Number three, kids. (laughs) Kids are a blessing and a curse to relationships. I know that may sound harsh, but one of the great killers of romance and intimacy is when you have kids and there's a tendency to make them the priority when you and your partner should always come first. Because if you give yourself time to be with each other, to go on dates, to not let the kids take over your bed, then you will have a better marriage and be happier and then make for better parents. But most people get this backwards. Also, the last thing you want to do in your free time is talk too much about the kids, which is not exactly romantic. And lastly, find time to take occasional trips, even for an evening at a local hotel or spending a weekend in town, but without the kids. And make sure to include some fun activity that you're both interested in and have a romantic dinner. Number four, keep the love alive. The best defense against cheating is a great relationship. When our needs are met physically and emotionally, we don't have as much interest to look elsewhere. So anything you don't provide in terms of emotional, intellectual, and physical needs, your partner may look for elsewhere. So examine how well you're meeting your partner's wants and needs and how well they meet yours. And this is definitely something you want to talk about. So make sure to step it up in areas that you think are weak and to communicate honestly about what you need to feel fulfilled and fully happy. Five, think of things you could do to make your partner feel loved and valued. And saying, I love you, is often just a throwaway line. We show love most through our actions. And to help you to do this, find out your partner's love language so you can meet their specific love language needs. And make sure they understand yours. So I'm going to provide a link to the book of the five love languages in my podcast description. Number six, also tied in with this is find ways to make your partner feel special. You don't need to do this all the time, but little things can go a long way. Think of the things you did when you were dating, whether it was buying flowers, sending the person a funny card, giving them a gift card for a facial or a round of golf, surprising the person with concert tickets. Number seven, try to find something to do together on a regular basis. The sport like tennis or some common hobby like doing puzzles or watching the same shows or exercising together, you get the idea. Avoid leading completely separate lives. Number eight, if you suspect your partner's attention may be drifting elsewhere, all you're going to do is push them further away if you become angry and critical. Now, jealousy is natural, but try to focus on wooing your partner even more. Give them more of a reason to love and value you. You can't keep a partner around by using threats and fear. Number nine, remove temptation. Minimize putting yourselves in situations that can lead to cheating, like sharing very personal, intimate things with opposite sex friends that you should only be sharing with your significant other. Avoid talking about anything having to do with sex and romance, or sharing complaints about your significant other. 
When traveling, avoid going to dinner or out for drinks by yourself with an opposite-sex coworker. And stay in touch with your partner at least once a day. And when traveling, try to do it a little more frequently and share with them what are the plans for the trip. What are you doing on the trip that day? Or what did you do that day? And 10. And last but not least, think of the consequences of your actions. How will you feel? Think about the impact it can have on your family, in particular if it leads to divorce. Think about the impact on your children, what they're going to think of you, what you would be teaching them as a parent. Most who cheat end up regretting it later, and the damage it causes is often irreparable. So think twice or three or four times before you do it. My final thought on the subject to prevent cheating is the best protection against cheating in affairs is ensuring your relationship is too awesome to mess with. (laughs) Just like an annual performance review that they give you in the workplace, think of at least on an annual basis, talking about your relationship, what's going well, and what isn't. Now that's all I have to share on this topic, other than I want to leave you with this thought. We may not be born to be monogamous, but there's really so much in our control to stay monogamous. And the number one thing that has the greatest impact is sharing honest and open communication about how you feel with your significant other. So if you ever do need help when it comes to issues around cheating or other relationship issues, please reach out to me at brucecoachcca at gmail.com. That's brucecoachcca at gmail.com. Or check out my website, corecoachingadvantage.com. That's corecoachingadvantage.com. So thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. If you're still awake, I hope you were entertained, maybe learned something new, smiled a time or two, and here's to having at least an okay day. And if you don't, that you have what it takes to make it through. (laughs) 